basketball fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some good old college hoops. Now, we will start with the weekday games, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday. We'll kind of work our way back. It was a busy day on Tuesday. Generally speaking, it is. Last night, though, Auburn just destroyed South Carolina. Did not see that coming. Even on Monday, Texas Tech destroying Kansas. Definitely didn't see that. Um, Virginia, North Carolina, go down. We did have a buzzer beater. Vandy hit a buzzer beater. A um, couple other items that we'll get to, like I said, from the week. We'll flash back really quick. Gonzaga got their first quad one win in Kentucky, man. At the time, after Saturday, Wisconsin and Kentucky had four losses in a row. Um, now, you know, Wisconsin got off the schneid finally on Tuesday, but we'll talk it all the way through. Then, of course, we'll, you know, there, there's some big, big matchups coming up. Number one, UConn versus number four, Marquette. Kansas at Oklahoma, Kentucky, Auburn. Bunch of different matchups coming up as we whip around the conference standings and kind of break down what's going on in each of the big conferences. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope it over radio. You don't have to go to blog talk and rope it open. Download the show directly there if you don't want to. You can find the College Ball Show under rope Dope radio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Make sure you download the podcast app. If that's something you want to do, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Podbay, Podbean, Podtail, all sorts of pods, okay? While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com and Sports News 24. One more message here from DirecTV Stream. Get the best in streaming TV, stream live sports, on-demand shows, and must-have channels you need anytime, anywhere, across your favorite devices for a limited time. This thing's going to run out. We're talking about the choice package here, which is the second-level uh, package. $83.99 for the first two months. That's a savings of $50 when you get that choice package. The entertainment package is the first year. That's $79.99 right now a month. Either way, get the package that works best for you on DirecTV Stream. Okay. Going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall. See how he's doing on this fine Thursday where, you know, we finally got some snow. Last night, it, it started out kind of wet. It was like in the 40s. It turned into snow, and we finally got the biggest snowfall that we've had all year. Shit was snow falling in a snowstorm last night. Auburn destroyed South Kakalaka. And also, like I said, on Monday, Texas Tech, 79-50. to 50. Sure, they're at home, but 79-50. to 50. Holy cow. First and foremost, how you doing as we break down, you know, what happened during the week? Obviously, Tuesday was kind of the busier, uh, you know, more competitive kind of the more interesting day. And then we'll, we'll, we'll jump to Saturday as well and kind of wrap up the week in college basketball. Uh, I got a, a very strong uh, rant for Saturday, so I'll save that for this past Saturday. But if you're going to mention KU uh, getting their butt kicked, I'm I'm very happy to uh, join in on that conversation. In <laughs> uh, any time KU or Duke lose, uh, it, it makes this uh, this man happy. So 
uh, hey, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm just trying to help. By the time I get through all my coaching, I'm going to get to like, I'm going to walk into March and be like, all right, time to relax and enjoy March Madness. So it's, uh, my, my coach life's keeping me busy, but, uh, college basketball never stops. And I will be able to enjoy, uh, um, a lot of games this weekend too. Life opens up a bit. So, uh, things are good. Rant's coming later. And, uh, Hey, I think as again, we're finding out, Chris, by more and more, um, there's not really a dominant team. I think there's a lot of very good teams in college basketball this year, but I, I think that list of teams that can win it is maybe probably around like 10 or 11 if you stretch it out a little bit. But there's not like a, oh, like these guys are for sure, no question, no doubt, like going you know, to cut down the nets. Like, yeah, Purdue's like a, a good team this year, but this team also lost last year's one seed. So it, it is fun to see um, a lot of the teams who are atop the Big 12, the Big East, the Big 10, get tested on the road every every week, it seems. And it seems like almost every week a top team up top of these uh, good good divisions is uh, falling. So it's it's a little bit of a different year because I do think for the years we've done this podcast, brother, there's sometimes where this far into February I can be like, hey, Chris, I'll give you three teams for the field. And there's probably some years you're like, hey, I'll take three and I'll take the field. Like, and this year, I don't. What would your gut say on that? If like, would you be like, hey, I'll take three and then you can have the field? Or I, I think this year's a little more open, which makes this podcast fun and it makes March Madness a lot more fun. Yeah, I mean, as it stands right now, I mean, Houston would have been in that category. They obviously, um, you know got beat up a week ago or whatever. No big deal, though. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, Purdue's I probably a team that most people would pick, but after Purdue, and again, they're not world beaters, but after that, yeah, and obviously UConn. Sure, yeah, and UConn, yeah. Switch, but, it's you just know, we that's... don't see them against enough quality matchups right now. Yeah. Because in the Big Ten, it's not that there's not good teams in the Big Ten or in the Big East. There's plenty of them. But it's it's just you don't see the rank versus rank as much like you do in the Big Twelve, and that and, and sometimes rankings can be wrong and all that. We know that, but yeah, you're right. There's not like those UConn and Purdue, sure, but yeah, you could probably pick a few after that where you know. And I'm glad that you said very good teams, above average teams. They're not great. They're not elite. Maybe True. some of these teams will end up great, but none of them are elite. But I was listening to a podcast this week, and he's like, there's no good team. It's like, there's no good teams? Like, come on. And then he started freaking out, and I'm not going to get on my rants like college football, okay? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to play audio and stuff like that, okay? Because we're not there yet, okay? But he said, he was saying stuff, and I've heard it more than just this guy. He's like, you know, I think it's, you know, we don't have any great elite teams right now, and I think that has to do with the NLI and the transfer, and he's, like, freaking out that we don't have just two teams and the rest fucking go F yourselves. Have fun in the uh, Elite Eight, and if you make the Final Four, great. But, you know, like, dude, what do you want? Do you want an undefeated team every other year or something? Like, I'm not saying those teams aren't fun to watch. And it is tough to sure. stay even two losses or whatever nowadays. That is cool. And, hey, if it's there, it's there. No doubt, you know. 
and a couple years ago, Baylor and Gonzaga were on a collision course, you know, clearly. But, yes. you know, so it's not gone, gone, because the transporter, as we know, has already, was already doing that. Transporter was already popping, not to this level, no, but it was already popping as far as you could, you could, pl- most players could play the next year if their coach got fired, you know, or if, you know, certain things, uh, medical stuff, home stuff, whatever. And it's just the way he said it. He's saying there's no good teams. And that's why I wanted to give you a compliment, sir. Um, you said very good because they are very good. We got a lot of very good teams. Just none of them are elite and none of them will stack up. It's like the Michigan, you know, a lot of the SEC folks are like, okay, but 2015 Clemson and Alabama, they couldn't beat them. It's like, dude, okay, well, who could beat the Hurricanes in 2021? Name a team. I'm waiting, you know, so it's like, it's yeah. stupid to, to, like, don't you want it more up in the air? And all this transfer stuff doesn't always mean, just ask Arkansas. All these transfers don't just automatically do it for you. You know what I mean? So, all right, all right. You said you had a rant. I didn't I didn't know I had a rant, and it just clicked when you said good, and it brought me back. When you said very good, it brought me back to that dude. So I'll, I'll, uh, I got the rant out for you. No, I, I – um, you know who is looking good, though? If you look at Tuesday, Marquette is really starting to, to put it together. Um, you know, Iowa State had a nice win at a, a, a – you know, not an easy place to play, and since he's been pretty good, Baylor pretty much dominated Oklahoma. Well, not dominated, but they, they handled them. Um, Illinois, you know, Michigan had just beaten Wisconsin, and, and, and then uh, Illinois took care of them that night. Um BYU, you know, Central Florida is not awesome. They actually have a couple good wins. But BYU, man, they transferred into basketball much into the Big 12 much better than they did in football, which kind of makes me go, huh, does that really line up? I don't know. Um, And like I said, North Carolina went down uh, at Syracuse and Virginia at home, loses to Pitt, Kentucky, you know, Got off the schneid finally there. And then Indiana State, dude, they just got ranked. The first time they've been ranked since Larry Bird went there in the 70s. I think it was like 78, 79. And they turn around. Illinois State's like, hey, Larry Bird's not there anymore, buddy. You're done. Um, but, yeah, talk about some of these games during the week before we get to Saturday and, and also your rant. But um, what's going on with North Kakalaka, my friend? Is that defense? You know, I'm starting to see some uh, tweets about people that follow the program. Um, that the you know the rotations, the defense, it's just not as tight as it once was. I I wasn't expecting us to start off the year nine and zero in ACC play. I think that again, this we, we're one of those like we're a very good team. I think you have Baycott, who's one of the better bigs in the country. You have some very uh, experienced veteran-based guards. And you have a couple of newcomers. Like, they they handled Duke really well around every game, which is always great to see as a fan. But in front of that game, they lost, and they lost a couple after that game. So it's like, I this is definitely not the team two years ago that went to play KU in the title and beat Duke in, like, the game of my life. Like, they're, they're a good team, but could Carolina make the Final Four? Sure. But 
when you watch this team play, like, okay, like you, you lost to Clemson, who you've literally beat them like almost every time at home in the past 40 years. And now you lose to Syracuse, who's not the regular Syracuse. Like, I think this is, they're just going through a bit of growing pains because I just don't, they don't quite have the point guard they really do that just like runs the show. I mean, I, I've been spoiled as hell as a fan yet, you know, uh, Ty Lawson, Raymond Felton, Ed Coda. Like, they've always kind of had guards who were, like, really good. They either went to the NBA or, you know, or, like, uh, what, Kobe White at Chicago. Like, there's always been really, like, really NBA talented point guards. And this year, I don't – when you watch them play, they have players, but there's not, like, a guy that, like, runs the floor at a quick pace and, like, runs the guns. So, I think the DNA is a bit different. Uh, the subunit rotation, I mean, part of that is just – I think any – personal fan can like judge how Hubert Davis runs the team like I, you know I most colleges Chris are going to be seven to eight deep or anywhere from seven to ten but it's almost like whenever you hear a coach that rotates a full five guys off the bench you're like well that's too much like so I don't know what the perfect magic is for that uh, I do think most again most teams are seven or eight deep in college so that's that's okay uh, but for the rotation itself I, maybe you are still trying to find some magic. But again, we, we had a couple of guards this year who were younger, so maybe you're still trying to have people mold in. But uh, nonetheless, the consistency has to improve. You were 9-0, and and now you're 11-3. and So something's got to make adjustments. Clearly, teams are adjusting to you, so you got to do the counter for them. Or you just need some of your guys to continue to grow up. Like an Ingram, I think he has potential to be special. But he just has to keep getting better for when it really matters a month from now. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, really matters. That is part of it. Um, and I think it really make a good point about, you know, the, like, not not expecting they to start out that well. So it is kind of evening it out a little bit. They're not going to, you know, keep losing. They're, they're, they're going to be okay. But um, obviously it does play into seeds and all that. That, that, that does help. Um, but yeah, it'll be be interesting to see, you know, how, how they pull it off. There was a buzzer beater. Vandy hit a buzzer beater on Texas A and M, and on that Tuesday, I believe, yeah, Tuesday. And then Providence got a nice win over St. John's. St. John's, man, they started out, you know, really well, two and seven in the last nine games. And Brian Ruff, who's a really good or uh, Ruff, who's a really good uh, follow Twitter, a Twitter follow Twitter, I just said Twitter follower, or you know, t- good to follow. It says time is running out on the Red Storm. Only two Q1, uh, Q1 games left, and a pair of Q3, Q4 as well. Certainly an uphill battle to make the tournament. And like I said, we, you know, they started out so well, but you know, we'll see where that goes. For Syracuse, that was their first AP Top 10 win since 2019. So maybe, you know, Mello's going to be back in the building here soon. Um, but Virginia was like the hottest team in the ACC. It's a lose against Pitt. That Blake Hinson just went off, dude. Uh, I think he had like 28 or 27 points. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, it was a pretty good week. Like I said, Monday – and Wednesday, not so much. Tuesday was just jam-packed. Definitely had, um, you know, a, a lot to talk about there. Going back to the weekend, though, um, you know, you had Michigan State upsetting Illinois. 
like I said, the quad win. They got Gonzaga 0-4 going into that Kentucky at Kentucky. Gonzaga got a big win. Kansas outlasted Baylor. That was a really close game. Um, and uh, Florida, we talked about it before we hit record, really took it to Auburn, man. Really took it to a BYU, BK State. Um, A&M beat Tennessee on that day. Then they, you know, turned around and got buzzer beatered. But on the road in the Big 12, Houston was the only team to win on the road that day, my friend. Let's hear the rant. Well, you already mentioned one of the games. Uh, Slamming up live betting Kentucky. I have a way of doing that, don't I? And I probably, if you're listening, this was not scripted. Trust me. When I say, when I have my rants on my show, there's no heads up. He so, doesn't yeah. tell me. He doesn't tell me, but I, I, I generally <laughs> run into it somehow. You do. It pisses me off even more because I know it's completely <laughs> accident, accidental. Uh, so I, I, I turn the game on. I live bet Gonzaga first half. And then, you know, so of course, typically you're going to see that second half run. And so I bet Kentucky in the second half. Now, Chris, Kentucky scored 53 points in the second half. That is a tremendously great number of offense. They, they, their, their guards, uh, Reed Shepard and who's my, actually, I'm really liking one of their guys on that court. Uh, his name is number 12. I think it's, uh, one second here. Number 12 is, uh, Reeves. I believe so. Okay. Yes. Uh, Antonio Reeves. Okay. So Reeves and Shepard for Kentucky driving scored at will, but Kentucky's bigs are charm and soft. Oh my God. The fact that you scored 53 <laughs> points in a half and you lose because every time yeah, Reeves bad. and Shepard did something, there was no, no stopping at all for Gonzaga's bigs. It was mindfully painful because this was a relatively nice size bet. And every time they scored, Gonzaga, go post down low, bucket, post down low, bucket, post down low, bucket. Dude, they gave up 47. That, that's hard to do. So it's painful to, like, watch a game and just see your team get a stop. And then, hey, get a stop. Nope. Get a stop. Nope. Yeah, there, there was no effing stops. Like, you, your offense was on fire. So, Kentucky, your guard play is phenomenal. Your bigs, either Gonzaga has some future NBA players who are going to make great players. Like, one of, the, one of uh, Gonzaga's guys is built like Carl Anthony Towns. I'm not saying obviously he's like that. But he has a, like, he kind of looks like, like, has what that. What are you trying build. to say, bro? That was just the, the way his the way his beards everything it just like reminded me of cat so but the, he he was going cat on Kentucky and of course Calipari so Chris uh, they finally do get a stop and it's Calipari's ball Kentucky's ball twelve seconds left down two they call a timeout cool from a sidelines inbounds play instead of giving the ball to Reed Shepard or Antonio Reeves my guy what's Calipari do he tries to set a back screen. And so when the ball gets thrown in, he tries to have Shepard, who again was scoring at will, throw up an LU pass. But the last guy who was playing defense for Gonzaga saw the whole thing happen, intercepted the ball, ball game. Like, dude, you've been scoring at will, and you try to do a little back screen lob. Why? Yeah, I didn't like that play either. I thought it was. Just, uh, and then don't even throw it because it wasn't there. It's you, like, yeah, dude, like he's covered, you know. Like if if you're gonna do that play, that the the bottom guy has to get picked. 
Because, like, you, you're playing college basketball where everyone can jump up that high. And so it was kind of like the, you, you saw yeah, the Kentucky inside, player. Yeah, he literally had the inside leverage on him. You, know? <laughs> yeah, you saw the he Kentucky player. He jumped up, and he's like, and he, and you could tell in the air, he's like, oh, shit, that guy's still standing right there. And, of course, he's still got to run the play. So that lost. And then my other quick rant, I was like, all right, moving on. I'm going to bet on UCLA. It was at the very end of the game. I live bet UCLA minus one and a half. That's important in this game. So they, there was like three minutes to go. I live bet UCLA minus one and a half. Nonetheless, hey, it goes bucket for bucket. They miss a couple of like layups and rim out. I'm, I'm throwing stuff around the apartment. But eventually, <laughs> hey, UCLA, they are up three. Uh, and, um, the who God who are they playing? Shit, UCLA was playing. Ah, it doesn't matter who they're playing. Whatever. Uh this other team goes out, shoots three, they miss it. Okay, UCLA ball, three seconds to go. Okay, I'm up three. I only even twin by two. Guy goes down, um, makes a free throw. Or sorry, misses the first one, makes the second one. So what does UCLA do? They pull their defenders back. The guy on the other team dribbles down the court, just because of course UCLA doesn't want to foul. Dribbles down the court, nonchalantly, post post one up. Splash. Point zero one left on the clock. UCLA wins by one point. So the missed free throw cost me. So not only did the Kentucky and kill me, Chris, then UCLA gives up a buzzer beater, which of course when you're up four, you know, you just gotta let team shoot. But then I rewind it, the guy's toe was on the line. So it should have been It was two. Cal. But but oh yeah, Cal, yeah, Cal. So the guy Cal dribbles down. Of course, just trucks up a running three, hits nothing but net. The toe was on the line. It was a two. They ruled it a three. And I was just literally pissed off for the rest of Saturday because the Kentucky game was like an hour after, after hour or so after it finished. I turned on that game, and I was just – I was saying a lot of bad words that night. But the rant's over. Thank you for letting me get that off the chest. It was therapeutic. And screw the ref for calling it a three when it should have been a two. That's all. Yeah, it is, man. It, it is. You can tell we've known each other for a long time because I just, for whatever reason, man, I, I just have this knack for, uh, maybe I'm pissed off. Yeah, maybe I'm pissed off because you always surprise me with stuff. And it's like my <laughs> way of subconsciously getting you back or something. I don't know. True. But I, true. I do end up just kind of stumbling upon your bet. And literally, like he said, he doesn't tell me it. He doesn't no. tell me any nope. of that. Um, now, in the college football, we're talking about bets every game, so that's a little sure. different, but I don't know the, the last second. That's on Monday, so I don't know what he's doing during the week. He doesn't know what I'm doing during the week, so, um, yeah, it, it is pretty funny how that works, though. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, I, my mom's not a bitch, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but UConn, man, they're on their longest streak in the Big East since Nova 2015, 12 in a row. And I think they're on their own longest streak from, like, I want to say, like, 2000 or something like that. KU, like I said, was managed to, to beat Baylor. Baylor was 0 for 5, uh, missed, like, two, two three-pointers in the last little 15 seconds or something like that. Didn't really have their best game. They had a chance to win that game. Now the second longest active streak at home. Eight for Kansas, 18 in a row at home. We obviously know that's not an easy place to play. Speaking of that. Well, um, let me ask you quickly, Chris. Go ahead. 
Now, KU's pretty much been ranked in the top 10 all year. Is KU still a really good team that just happens to have more competition in the Big 12 this year? Or is their ranking, in your opinion, a little bit higher than it should be? Because this is probably the most losses KU has had this far in the season in quite a while. So I want to say it's more of option A to where I think they're a good team and the conference is simply stronger. Because if you look on paper, their roster is pretty good. That Hunter Dickinson was a huge addition. But I was kind of going through my head today. I was like, man, they have more losses than usual. But on some days, you see they're like, damn, that's a good squad. But it's like, well, damn, they also you know, got run out the gym in Lubbock, which they normally never get run out the gym. I'm not saying that Texas – I'm not saying that KU never lost on the road in years prior we've done right. the show. But they've been getting whooped. And that, yeah. that normally doesn't happen for them. Yeah, and they're seven. And we're going to get to that in a second. They're seven and five in the conference too. So I just think that that non-conference, you know, the non-conference win or lose, and they have some great wins. I mean, Purdue has some great wins. Like, you know, Kentucky's still a good win. Uh, they did lose to Marquette. Um, they beat Tennessee. They beat UConn. Damn. Well, so, yeah. That, you know what I mean. Yeah. So that, but you're right. It's, it is kind of. It's like now. Does that add to how damn good the Big Twelve is then? Because they just got done beating all those motherfuckers. You know what I mean? All those teams who you know, a couple of those teams, UConn, obviously, hold, we hold way up there. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's a good question, man. It is a very good question because you know when you look at them when they've lost, like I said, Baylor. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, sure, but they they coulda they coulda won that damn game. So, yeah, I don't know that that is a good that is a good point though. Um, now New Mexico from the week on Tuesday night did beat Nevada the first time they uh, they had like a, a losing streak at Nevada since 2016. Mashburn hit back to back threes. Uh, that was an overtime game, but they had lost to UNLV. And they had lost back to back after starting eleven and zero. They were shooting in that UNLV game. They shot like thirty six percent or something like that. So that was a nice bounce back. And then Iowa State fourteen and zero at home this season. Best start since uh, two thousand fourteen two thousand fifteen. We know how tough it is to play, you know, in the home of the Cyclones. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, that. Let, let's actually anything else before we you know go to our whip around and kind of look at what are the big games this week and how they you know apply to and how they relate to pertain to what are the standings are uh, anything else otherwise let's go to that we'll, we'll start with the Big Twelve. Hey, l- l- the Big Twelve it is. Go away. Take it away, brother. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I mean to your point, man. Seven and five. You know, um, they, they've done really good against ranked teams. Two and five on the road, you know, whereas Iowa State, Houston, um, even TCU have a winning record on the road. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, sometimes you watch them and you're like, yeah, they're pretty good, man. They're going to be tough. That big's tough and all that. But I, I, I think they're a very good team. You know, I don't I don't. I don't know, man. I know what you're saying. Like I said, I really felt like Baylor could. I know I'm kind of harping on that, but I really think Baylor could have won that game. But Iowa State, Houston tied at the top, eight and three apiece. 
Um, and a week later, we're still on the, you know, the longest. <laughs> man, this is crazy. It's really playing out even more like this. The longest winning streak, Iowa State, three. The longest losing streak, West Virginia, three. Otherwise, it's twos and ones. Whether you won two, you won one, or lose two, that type of thing. Pretty kid, crazy. Baylor, you know, had they pulled that off, they would have been in even better shape right now. But they're only one out in Texas Tech, still lingering, man. Still there. Um, BYU, though, six and five, dude. I mean, this conference is, is just really, really, it's just fun, man. It, whoever, if anyone wins four in a row, just lock, you know, maybe it'll be like someone that's under 500 right now, but they, they'll lock, they'll lock the conference up if you win four in a row. The, the one thing I think we have to get used to or adjust to as sport fans, this is for football and basketball, especially basketball now too. As we look through how these conferences will grow over time, it's like the back in the day. Well, I, I shouldn't say back in the day; it makes me sound old. We're not old. Um, like a couple of years ago, you pretty much were guaranteed to play every team in your conference home and away. Now that like the Big Twelve and the ACC are so much deeper, it's not really a guarantee. So you, even when I was looking at like it's kind of like um, the Big East back in the day. Yeah, even looking just to go ahead, like, I know they had a big deal, like, I think two weeks ago about the SEC football schedule, and people are like, well, Georgia's schedule this year compared to Baylor, you know? So I think we're going to have to get used to the fact that, that your team's going to have some runs that where some years your schedule is better than others. Because a couple of years ago in the Big 12, it was like you literally almost everyone played the same amount of people. Like, the schedule was the same. Now there's so many damn schools that that's not the case anymore. So maybe, like, I was just looking at Iowa. They've had a little bit of an easy run, Iowa State. And I'm not saying it's super easy because the Big 12 is deep. But, like, you know, you, you played, like, three out of four games when the team wasn't ranked. And I know, but, like, literally half your conference is ranked. So, Iowa State, you got to win those games when you're playing teams who are not ranked in your conference because half the damn conference is. So, I do think that as this year goes on and we grow it into these bigger um, conferences, because, hell, next year, Arizona, you're joining the Big 12. So, Part of it is luck of the draw. Like, and if if you have a week where you got to play KU and Houston and Baylor, like, damn, that really sucks. But maybe your next week is like, you know, uh, the 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 bottom tier teams. So I, I just I think that's kind of what just makes it more fun. Uh, but for the conference itself, uh, yes, obviously KU still. I mean, even though we've been ripping on them, or I've been ripping on, you know, I enjoy seeing them lose because my buddy went to Mizzou and I've never really liked KU. Even with their losses, they've still pretty much had a single digit ranking next to them. That's normally not the case. Normally, if you lose a handful of games throughout the year, you will not have a single digit ranking next to you. I think as my well, if you're ever seven and five in a conference, yeah, you're not going to be in single digits. So there, but the the fact that they keep staying up top pretty much the whole year shows that, as you said, Chris, their non-conference is really good, and they bounce and, back and get yes. a ranked win. And their bad losses are pretty much the teams who are really good as well. So they're hard to judge. Uh, Houston, one of my final four picks. I love watching that team, but they're a very defensive based team. They're not going to try to run the court on you and drop like 80 or 90 like uh, a team like Arizona will. They're going to try to lock you down and say, hey, this is our night. You're going to play our type of basketball, and we're going to win in the 60s. Uh, so when you do see Houston lose games, it's because the score gets higher. 
they have a very talented team, but they're, again, want to play at a slower pace. Uh, Baylor, like you said, they had a chance for another big win this week. And Texas Tech, hey, you started out 5-0. and You kind of got punched in the mouth with, again, a very hard schedule. Now you had a great win against KU. How do you bounce back again now? Um, again, every week we do this podcast, they have seven or eight teams ranked. That that does change. You know, Casey didn't know, the college basketball rankings do change every Monday night, but those teams are still staying ranked. Now, the teams might switch up and down a little bit, but they're still ranked. So that conference is still loaded from top to bottom. It's a great test, and it's only going to make all those teams a little bit stronger. And you're right, for BYU, I bet, Chris, they're probably on the bubble. They're, they're chilling there. Hey, you have a bunch of wins they do. That could easily be a bubble team uh, that could make a tournament, which, you know, their fans probably weren't expecting the first year when they joined the Big 12. Yeah, definitely. And Baylor, you know, after losing three straight, they've won four out of five. Like I said, coulda, woulda, shoulda. But, man, if they won five in a row here, that would have been pretty big um, had they have done that. But um, on Saturday, Kansas, number six, at number 25, Oklahoma, which is not – but, hey, we just said let's let's see them on the road. Well, they're going to play a good opponent. Texas Tech, who's, you know, got a good, uh, you know, positioning, they're at Iowa State. We just mentioned how they're so good at home. Texas at Houston. Texas is still good, but, you know, they, they, uh, they're not ranked anymore. We'll, we'll see where that goes Monday. Iowa State at Houston. Um, Tuesday. Number 12, Baylor, at number 19, BYU, which is going to be a pretty interesting game. Man. A lot of different. That's a, it's a beast of a conference, brother. It really is. Yeah, yeah it really is, man. It's in, and some of those weren't ranked versus ranked, but they're still good ass matchups. And a lot of times it's been ranked versus ranked for obvious reasons. Let's scoot on over to the East, not all the way to the East, not the Big East, but the ACC. Um, man, still on top, 11-3, and three, but, uh, you know, you only got a half game now on Duke and even Virginia, um, who just lost to a Pitt team who, you know, did win four in a row, uh, I guess I could say that. Um, Duke almost lost to uh, a team tied with Louisville, Georgia Tech. They, they snuck that one out on last Monday. I think it was last Monday, if I remember correctly. But uh, how you feeling? I mean, you know, we already talked about them and whatever, but still, I mean, Clemson has actually won three in a row now, so maybe they're going to work their way back up there at seven and six. They need to keep it going. Um, but Duke and Virginia right there in Wake. Wake, you know, we haven't talked much about Wake, but they're doing pretty good too. Yeah, I think Wake is definitely a bubble team this year, and that team hasn't been that good. It's It's been a minute. They, they've, they've, this is probably the best year Wake has had in the last five, six years for sure. Uh, and Clemson are really a, a bubble-ish team, but this year, hell, they were ranked almost in the top ten about a month ago, or a little b- before that. So, you know, they're, like you said, reworking their way up. Uh, I do think for Carolina, you know, Baycott was pumped up out of the Duke game. He said the ACC runs through us. And, I mean, that is still currently true, not by a whole lot. Uh, yeah, I think for Carolina, you see more consistency. And obviously, Duke did have their best game in Chapel Hill. Uh, but again, there's a single digit ranking next to them, and they're 10 and 3 on the year. We'll be playing at that school again in probably about three weeks. And Virginia, hey, you, you had won eight or seven or eight games in a row. 
Like, and now you, there's a ranking next to you, which I predicted on the show two weeks ago. I said that team will be ranked again shortly because they always seem to be. Uh, Tony Bennett is a hell of a coach that they, again, like Houston, they, you play at their style and they're really good at their style. So I think those three teams are obviously locks to make it. But then Chris, when you go from after Wake Forest, when you go from Clemson, who's seven and six, Clemson, Pitt, Wolfpack, uh, Florida State, all seven and six. All four of those teams probably have a chance to be a tournament contending team. Syracuse seven and seven, Vatek seven and seven, Miami six and eight. Like you have like seven teams there who all could be dancing, but you know it, it's it's kind of like it's been a log jam that way all year. So one one of those teams like a Clemson who again started off hot, or maybe Capel and Pitt can get going. Like I think they need to just kind of spread themselves out of the gap a little bit because even when, when you look at standings or the committee looks at stuff. Well, you know, what are you going to do to distinguish yourself? Because if, like, the half of the conference is all at 500 at the end of the year, that's not really a clip that's good enough to make the tournament. So, yeah, I think those top four are probably, and Wake Forest probably has a good chance to make it. But from Clemson down to Vatek or Miami, like, you got, you pretty much got three weeks out to kind of get your ish together. And maybe they will, maybe they won't. But that, that's been a log jam since we started the swoop around a month ago. It hasn't changed much. So, those teams are taking turns winning and losing, and that's probably not enough to get you into March Madness. So Wake Forest travels to Virginia Ooh, on Saturday. So that's pretty interesting. That's obviously a big, big little spot for them there. I just said big little spot. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, and then on Tuesday, uh, actually, well, Pitt, who's been, you know, crafty anyway at Wake Forest. So Wake Forest, you know, could, you know, pick up even more steam. Duke at Miami on the road. So we'll see where that goes. Why don't you take us uh, to the Big East? To the Big Bowl. Hey, Marquette, again, I don't think they shoot the three ball that well. But this year they they just keep telling me to do, okay, we don't shoot the three ball that well. But, dude, F you, we're, we're ranked fourth in the country. To which I'll say, okay. Uh-huh. Eight in a row. I mean, I know, you know, UConn's got 13, but wow. still, eight in a row. Jeez. Yeah, Marquette's playing good ball. Again, you have a a very athletic team. Again, the three ball that they go to, but you don't need to be. Again, if, if you can score, consistently score in the 80s, that's that means you have a hell of a squad. Uh, again, they beat Butler on, on, on this past weekend. They, they shot five threes. They made five. Like, that's – it's just – I guess what's – it's just so – it's so unconventional nowadays that when you watch college basketball nowadays, you feel like if your team shoots anywhere from 20 to 27 threes a game, that's kind of like normal. Marquette is a little more of a traditional half-court offense. Shaka's got those guys groomed to run the system. They get their open shots. And Kolek, who's their point guard, distributes the ball very well. And obviously in college basketball, especially when it does get to March Madness, you realize it's the time of the year where – the teams with the better guards only make the deep runs. Like, whatever you do, your March Madness bracket, you look for those upsets. I would say 95% of the time in college basketball when there's an upset in March Madness, it's because the team has very good guards. Yes, there are bigs that matter, but guard play is huge yeah. in March. Free throws. Free throws and guard play are the biggest two uh, biggest two predictors as to what leads to a team's success. Yeah, Clearly, the biggest things that stop talented teams sometimes. 
Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Because obviously, some talented teams can have some like bigs that maybe not the best guard. But a, a the best way to knock off teams is by making free throws, and having a very talented guard. Now, clearly, UConn has. They have all the pieces. They have guards. They have bigs. They they do their they do their shit. But for other teams, like so, obviously UConn, you're still on a roll. Like we we've given you praise this podcast as you deserve. And I mean, they're they're not having trouble on the road either. They're just saying, hey, dude, who's next? All right, we got y'all. No big deal. Like we're just gonna keep whooping ass. And 13 and one in a very talented conference is good. Again, Marquette's on a heater. Uh, Creighton uh, nine and five. They've won two in a row. Seton Hall, who. I would I would say is definitely going to be dancing. Uh, there's no ranking next to them, but they're nine and five. Uh, they had a couple of nice wins this past week. Then you have to the part where normally for the last handful of years, a team like Xavier, Butler, Providence, or Nova, or St. John's are like bubble teams. But again, much like the middle of the uh, ACC, these teams never really got on their like got on their run. Providence obviously loses Ed Cooley, hurts Villanova. This is probably the worst team they've had, Chris, in I got I mean in Yeah, quite a while. A long time. And uh Butler, you, you got you got some pieces, but again, you're seven and seven. Like I it's it's kind of like I know I've said this last uh, just about the AC, but if you're five hundred in your conference, it's really hard to make March Madness. Like kind of what two of the hundred rules is you gotta win twenty games and be above five hundred in conference. Right now, these Biggest teams, Butler, Xavier, Providence, and Villanova, they're maybe on pace for 20, but your 500 record normally won't get the job done. So hats off to UConn. Uh, to get, to be this far into the year, Chris only had two losses, and they, they didn't have a Trump schedule. They, they played people. Like you said, KU's one of those losses, but they have, they haven't shied away from people non-conference. Uh, they're taking care of business in the Big East. Right now, they probably should be the favorites in Vegas to win it all because they replaced the people they lost. They're still whooping butt. Uh, but yeah. Creighton, I think that's one team where I, I, they've shown glimpses, Chris, that's the team I'd be a little nervous for where they could be a, a elite eight final four team, or they can lose like on the first week, like that, that team, the, you got potential, you got a center, but it's, it's, it's just like they have their lows and highs, like throughout this whole year, they're a hard one to put your finger on. Well, if anyone's ever going to make a move. This is the week, right? Number one, UConn at home versus number four, Marquette. Then on Tuesday, number one, UConn on the road at number 17, Creighton. Creighton. Creighton, I said it right first. So, I mean, you know, UConn's either going to put this thing all away or they may go one and one. It'd be crazy if they went 0 and 2 and really open it up a little bit more, of course. But True. Marquette, I mean, it, that's about as tough as it gets right there. So that's back-to-back games like that, Saturday and Tuesday. Seton Hall at St. John's. Can St. John's find something? Um, who knows, you know? Um, and then Providence at Xavier. Probably a good game because Xavier at home. They're not that great, but they're at home. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of what we got when it comes to, uh, you know, the Big East. That's that's a big week, dude. I mean, if you're ever going to stop UConn or, or calm them down or win a 13 in a row, if we're sitting here and they're 15 in a row, that's going to be impressive. And like I said, you might as well just uh, you might as well just shut that whole thing down. Um, True. 
Let's go on to the Big Ten. Purdue has a two-game lead, and are probably going to whoop my Gophers tonight. No spoilers, but I, I'm just saying. Um, and you know, Illinois is hanging tight, man. They're hanging tight. They got their number one scorer back a, a little while ago. He's not necessarily a guy that has the ball in his hand and can like make everything better around him, but he's just flat out score. Wisconsin finally stopped the bleeding after losing four in a row. Ugh. And what do you yeah. know? Northwestern. Michigan's what do you know? Michigan State's in there at eight and six. Got an upset this week. Nebraska's tough at home, one and seven on the road, but fifteen and one, you know, and they have two ranked wins. Um sitting at seven and seven, my gopher six and six. So, you know, obviously Purdue you know, I don't think they're going to lose tonight, but it's still still up in the air, I would have to say. Uh, Wisconsin, we'll see where they go because, they, like I said, they finally got a win, but, you know, how far can that team really go? We'll see. Uh, you know, we, uh, again, the main focus has been watching teams move. Sparty's been making that move, Chris. Uh, a handful of weeks ago, they were in the bottom four. Of, of the this deep conference now now they're now they're in fifth place or tied for tied for uh fourth so they've been doing their part uh no shock that Izzo's involved uh but hey the fact that your gophers have the same loss column as they do that's a compliment it's just Sparty's played two more games than your gophers have so um I'm, I'm happy to see your squad up there uh Sparty again it's this time of the year where Izzo starts getting his guys together uh, they definitely had a very difficult non-conference schedule. They tested themselves. And it's simply fun to see Northwestern up top. Uh, they're a school that normally is probably in the middle part of the bracket, sometimes like on the bubble-ish. Right now, they're they're fourth place in a very deep conference. So hats off to them. Uh, Wisconsin, you're right. They were in a quite a nasty run there for a while. Um, maybe they just got the offense on back on track a little bit. I, I do think the Badgers offensively were exceeding expectations when they got off to a very hot start. Sure. And then the offense kind of cooled down a little bit. Now you're probably finding out the middle average tier team. Again, are they a final four team? Probably not. Elite eight. You know, maybe, maybe. Like, they just, they came out guns blazing offensively. And I think now that, again, when you get in deeper into conference play, um, even though some schools have moved around, Chris, as you know, like, Teams know you. Like, that's why when you just mentioned the uh, Providence Xavier, I'm going to watch that game because those teams always play each other in close games. Like, you, you, you have your rivals. You have your coaches have been around forever. They're scouting. There's film. When you replay teams again, it's normally a lot more difficult. So I do think that maybe the offensive effort from Wisconsin started to surprise people. And now you got film. Now you make some adjustments. Oh, oh shit. Well, we're not scoring like we used to. So how do you adapt to that? Obviously, that's the Badgers' job to adapt to that coaching as well. And for Purdue, hey, hats off for now. You have a two-game lead in a good conference. All the other conferences we've been through so far, no one's got a two-game lead. So True. That, that that means you're doing something right. Like it, is it like you said, it's not a foregone conclusion, but you have a two-gap lead, which is big for this time of the year because normally in competitive conferences, it's normally a half-game tied for first or only a, a one-game lead. So uh, credits to them. Edie keeps doing his thing. And that uh, guard and lawyer and his other boys around him, they're doing their part. They're, that team is growing, and I bet you they're slapping something on the door every time they walk out of practice that has that 
flashback of last year, loses as a one seed to a 16. That is that fuel and fire that a lot of times can lead to college basketball championships or for college football or basketball. You, You choked last year, you come back next year for blood. I think they're still looking for blood this year. Yeah, man, they're trying to do the Virginia. Um, so with so Maryland, Iowa not having great years. They're fourteen eleven both, but they're at home. Illinois on the road at Maryland. Wisconsin on the road at Iowa. Could be interesting. I'm I'm just saying. Uh, Purdue on the road, but Ohio State who just can their coach uh, just from a, a like a good game perspective. Uh, I could see Northwestern and Indiana and Rutgers and Minnesota being good. Um, just as far as just watching it, like, hey, man, that's a good game type thing. Um, so, yeah, it's not like a week that has, like, oh, my God, you know, this versus that. And, you know, at Penn State, even though they suck, Illinois could slip up there. Nebraska, Indiana is probably just a fun game. But, yeah, there's not a ton of, like, big matchups by any stretch. But, you know, sometimes they do turn out to be just, uh, you know, fun games. Let's head on over to what normally would be an SEC uh, football conference we're talking about. But basketball, man, they're, they've been legit for a while. they got five ranked teams right now. Alabama sitting on top um, at 9-2, uh, just barely sitting on top, 9-2. and two. They only have one win against the ranked team, AP or, you know, USA. Um so that that is kind of one of those things, like, hmm, interesting. Let's see where that takes us. But uh, how's it shaping up for you? Kentucky's sitting at seven and four now. Look at Florida; they're they're well within range. Of course, my co-host starts off the SEC segment talking about the team that cost me a lot of money last week. So yeah, that's, that's a very nice way. Uh, thanks for the intro, sir. <clears throat> um, I'm gonna ignore. I Kentucky. do what I can. <laughs> Oh, hey, that team, again, you have guards, you're bigs. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you this. If you can't stop people down low March Madness, don't worry about a run. Uh, that was that was bad. But, again, that team has talent. Their, their guards are, are good. Uh, but that goes also goes to show why you're 17-7. and seven. Like, you do have the pieces, but, again, your lost column is probably higher than you want. Florida, again, that team, man, I, I've seen them look really damn good. I saw them beat Kentucky in Kentucky. And I saw them whoop up on Auburn at home. Now, again, they're not ranked, so you know they're missing a little little piece of the pie. But hey, you're still up top. I, I would assume right now you're probably dancing with the resume you have. Tennessee, you're in. Uh, you know you're eighth in the country. And again, if you all look at resumes, Tennessee's played pretty much every anyone possible. Their their conference schedule and their non-conference schedule is respectable. Um, if you watch them play again, they're kind of like they're. I mean, I, I can't even say they're like Houston because they're playing higher score games. It's normally they've been a lower paced team, but hey, they're being the teams they're supposed to. Hey, you, you you whooped up on Arkansas, you beat LSU, uh, you beat Vandy, you, you beat Alabama at home, uh, you beat Florida. You know, th- so I think this Tennessee team, I they're Chris, they're a very good squad. I think the best way to put this instead of going piece by piece for all of these top teams is. I really think that all the teams of top of the SEC could all be making deep runs. I, I think it's about as evenly as top heavy as a conference as possible. 
I, you know, because like I think we could debate. Like I do think there's a a bit of a difference. But it's not between, like two teams stop heavy. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like yeah, like you you have a top heavy SEC conference, but it's like four team top heavy, which normally it's like well you got to pick a team. Well, I, if if you look at Bama, Auburn, Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, they've really all beat each other, but they've literally had a flawless resume besides that. So. I, I hate to, well, who's the best team? Well, I don't think there is a best team right now if I had to pick one, but I think all four of those teams could make a legit deep run. So, and Bama's 15th, Auburn's 13th, South Carolina's 11th, and Tessie's 8th. So it, I don't know who the best team is, but I will tell you this, the SEC conference tournament this year is going to be a lot of fun because those four teams I mentioned, they're probably going to be fighting for uh, a, maybe a, a backdoor one seed or a, definitely a potential two or three seed. So, uh, I know some, obviously, you know that your team is making the tournament. All four of those teams are pretty much guaranteed in, barring they like lose out on the season. But, you know, fighting to become a two seed compared to a four seed is a big difference. So I think the SEC tournament's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and anything after Kentucky, I love my guy Wade Taylor at AM. I just don't think he has enough people around him. And Old Miss, man, you start off super hot, kind of like Georgia, too. You've kind of fallen off a cliff since. So I think when when the SEC started, Chris, both those teams had a chance. I think those dreams are disappearing. Uh, but yeah, man, I can't wait to watch that. I think they do it every year in Nashville. That's going to be a beautiful tournament to watch this year. So on Saturday, number twenty-two Kentucky at number thirteen Auburn. They're going to have the uh, the toilet paper out. Um, Texas, sorry, yeah, Texas A&M at number fifteen Bama, right? That that's on Saturday as well, so we got to keep an eye on that. Just talked about A&M. Well, hey, if you want to get back in the mix, and then uh, you know, a, a team that's been really solid, Florida. They're both seventeen and seven. Florida at Bama on Wednesday, so that is uh, kind of the marquee matchups in that conference, um, and. It is cool that, you know, these last chunk of years, something we've documented plenty of times, that the SEC is a legit basketball conference. And now, moving where we're moving, when the Big Ten and the SEC is going to take such a step up, um, I mean, they kind of already have, but, you know, they're really making a step up now when it comes to football. To still have that basketball, it just tells you what a dominant force both conferences will be. Moving on to the Pac-12. Hopefully we can see some gains off of that network. No, I'm just kidding. Fox usually has some pretty good games. But, uh, you know, Zona's still up on top. But, uh, you know, the rest is pretty fairly wide open. Well, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that conference, my friend? Well, if it wasn't for that bullshit Pac-12 network, we did our show last Thursday, my friend. Yeah. Uh, Z- was it Zona, Zona Utah Triple OT. Yeah. Like, damn, you know, hey, that'd have been a good one to see. You wonder why you, you don't exist anymore. Jeez. Hey, so this is kind of a one horse race. Well, hey, they're the one the race. That. Don't tell the Cougs that. They're, they're the one, as I, as I refer to that, Clay U, because that's where Clay Thompson, my guy, went. So Clay U. Hey, Clay U's doing good in second. So Zona, hey, you're fifth in the country. Um, you're 12-0 at home. You've won five in a row. Yeah, I, they're one of my final four picks as well. Um, they're doing their part. 
uh, Washington State, again, I guarantee no one is not predicting to be second right now. In the preseason coaches' predictions, That's I guarantee. Sure. Yeah, hell no. Oregon, sure. Oregon, I, hell, I think every year Oregon is like 500 in yeah, yeah. basketball. Yeah. And sometimes they make tournaments, sometimes they don't. I know they had a couple, a run a year ago with like a Dylan Brooks. Like, they have their pieces. And UCLA, despite their lackadaisical defense, cost me a spread, which, hey, my co-host didn't mention this time on the intro uh, in the whip round. But uh, UCLA, hey, you're winning. Actually, and once our show's done, I'm going to be watching it. They just tipped off against Colorado, which is a great game. Uh, Colorado started off the year hot. I believe they were ranked in the 20s. Uh, then they kind of went on a bit of a stumble. And right now they're 7-6 and six in conference, playing UCLA, UCLA who's 8-5. and five. Uh, this was a one and a half point spread for Colorado, favored at UCLA. So, and UCLA has been on a run too. So this should be a fun one to watch when I hang up the phone here. Um, I I think those five are probably the five to consider: uh, Stanford, Arizona State, Utah, Cal. I I don't think their non conferences were enough. They haven't quite found a rhythm. I mean, Grant, they're only two games behind the Cougs, but. Um, I think those top five teams have a chance. Arizona, obviously, that team offensively, you have three seven-foot bigs. You have your uh, guard in a, a former Tar Heel who had to find new schools because he found someone's girlfriend and that didn't go too well. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> overall, um, this conference is not quite having the run they had last year, but hey, last couple of years, they've been they've still been kind of a laughing stock conference, but when you've gone into March Madness, if you would bet the Pac-12 in March Madness, you would be making money the last handful of years. Again, kind of a sneaky, quiet conference. For whatever reason, when they go dancing, they, they like to put on their dancing shoes or only hang around for a while. So don't don't sleep on it. I know I, I'm not saying Washington State's going to be a Sweet 16 crazy good team, but they seem to rip out. They seem to show up pretty well when they go dancing. So uh, for this time of the year, hey, just keep winning your games for. That top five. Everyone else from the bottom part, Chris, I've I haven't seen them do enough to maybe warrant it. And a lot of those teams legit are Stanford twelve and eleven, Arizona State thirteen and twelve. Like that ain't gonna get it done for going to March. So we'll see if Arizona can hold on or if, or if Washington State can surprise some people and be up top of that conference in like the end of three weeks. So we're not going to talk it too much, but we do have next Thursday. Okay. We do have a big-time matchup, number one and against number two in the conference. That stands right now. 10 o'clock Central, so that's not a great time. But FS1, baby. FS1. Okay, so, I mean, things are looking up. Okay, things are looking up for now, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's some interesting games, but nothing to, like, right home about, you know what I'm saying? Um, now, since we're out west. Time to go to your favorite, your, 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 little, your little boo. Time to check out the <laughs> conference you love. <laughs> My little boo. That's funny. Um, well, I, I, since we're out west, right, I was going to go west coast conference. And there oh. it is, St. Mary's still sitting there. This oh, is your side piece. This isn't this your my boot. side piece, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you got to have them. Um, 12 in a row. It's not just Damn. a side piece. It's 12 in no. a row. Okay? They beat Gonzaga. They beat everybody that they beat in the last 11 games. But um, 
Yeah, man. I mean, it, it's it's actually it's like San Francisco's pretty good. Santa Clara's pretty good. Uh, I saw Leo Leo Marymount. You know, they're not that good, but they they played good in this game that I watched them. But San Francisco, and this is on Monday, San Francisco at um, St. Mary's. Okay, so that's Ooh, that's kind of an, okay. yeah, that's kind of an interesting matchup there. So we got to give them a little love. I mean, they're sitting there at second. They beat Gonzaga. They're nine and two. So I did want to mention them. And also, you know, I've been getting not a lot of heat last year. That that you know the um, Atlantic Ten. I, I had did have some folks, you know, uh, message me. Also, there was another conference that they were talking about. But anyway, um, I'm starting to see some national talk. I won't get too deep into it, but I'm starting to see some national talk on the Mountain West is overrated. Oh, Atlantic whoa. 10 is where it's at. And I'm pretty sure it was the Atlantic 10 last year that they were talking about. Um, but, you know, Who Dayton's disappeared in March Madness. Yep. Dayton, you know, is up there doing their thing. They've only played one ranked team, but, that you know, they, that's their schedule. It is what it is. VCU, all defense. Um, Richmond, I mean, you know, of course, like, you have Loyola, Chicago, the Ramblers, I believe they are, if I remember correctly. Yep. Yep. It's legit. It is legit. I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, completely ignore it or nothing like that. So I did want to bring that out there. And, and there is some national talk on Twitter anyway that, you know, stop giving so much damn, you know, credit to the Mountain West and let's start looking at this, you know. So it's like, all right, cool. We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. That's why I gave a little love to the to the West Coast uh, as well. But here we are. Let, let's let's quit the shit, okay? No, but I mean, <laughs> here's the thing, though. When we talk about it's getting all this national love, I mean, are you sure? Because look at the lineup. Do you have a bunch of ranked teams? I don't see a bunch of ranked teams right now. So they're not getting over the t- now. Some of it's it, because it's a competitive, you know, like I think all these teams have been like from Nevada. Oh, did the, I don't think Nevada got ranked. Yeah, I think they did actually. Either way, from Utah State to Nevada, I'm pretty sure all those teams have been ranked. At, oh, not UNLV. That's that. I'm all over the place. I don't think so. But when you look at the rank, look at Nevada. I don't think they were ranked, but they're they're three and one against AP. So. It's a damn good conference, and, and just from – I'm not – you know, we don't, we don't cover this conference because this is the best conference, and they're, they're going to win the championship. But look at how far it goes down. This thing's wide open, and last year it came all the way down to the stretch. So we're just looking at it from a hardcore basketball you know, perspective. Hey, and San Diego Aztecs, that are 4-0 against the teams ranked in the USA Today poll. Like, you're 4-0 against ranked teams. Like I don't care who you, that that's a good ass record, I, and yeah, the the rankings have disappeared. But again, much like the Big Twelve, who maybe has a couple more than they should, you've literally had a four way tie. Now I'm not going to say this is the SEC in talent because it's not, but you've basically have had a four way tie for first place for the last month in this conference. So the SEC has the four teams I mentioned a few minutes ago. Same with Mountain West, you've had. Basically, Utah State, New Mexico, 
the Aztecs and Boise State top four. Now, UNLV has been on a, a five-game run. Compliments to them. Okay. And Colorado State, Lurie is uh, two games back. But I, I think it does show you that, hey, these teams have been ranked. They're taking turns beating each other. And this, again, a huge compliment to the conference, much like the SEC. Utah State has lost one game at home this year. New Mexico, two. San Diego is undefeated. UNLV has three, which is a very high number for a team doing that well. Uh, Boise State, two. Colorado State's 13-1 at home. Like, these teams are good enough to defend their home turf. Their win-loss records on the road are all above 500 besides San Diego. And, like, I just those numbers alone, Chris, don't lie. Like I, I guess I'm 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 gonna stand up for your for for your for your favorite conference and again That's I'm my not saying yeah. I, I got my glasses on and I'm at a press conference crying saying that's my quarterback. Now are these teams gonna be Final Four? No, we ain't calling for that. Right, that's not what we're but, saying. We're not gonna say four in the Sweet Sixteen no. or something. It's a but, for hardcore fans. It's a fun conference to watch. It is. And, you know, like, the, I would say it rivals the Pac-12 this year. Like, it, it, you know, Pac-12's got Zona, but uh, then the Zona's pretty much been the only team ranked this year. At one time, like you said, all these four, four of these top five teams were ranked. So um, it's, a, it's a fun conference. Uh, UNLV, I did not expect that. They start off the year a little bit hot, and, yep. but then, then they, they start conference shaky. play. Yeah, yep. and they got a little shaky. So. Um, again, if you're looking for just fun games to watch every night, this these teams, it's, whether it's on CBS Sports or Fox Sports 1, um, they're just fun games. And again, when you have teams that defend their home turf that well, that tells you you're a good-ass team. If you're 13-1 at home or 11-1 at home, you're a good basketball squad. The, the good – that's just that record. There's no denying it. So um, that's going to stay close. Again, maybe we should – I might just – See if I can find a website to pick a couple of winners because I bet right now the if you can find a prop bet of who's going to win the Mountain West, they're probably pretty good odds. So I might just have to pick two teams. Uh, I know I do enjoy New Mexico because they got some future NBA yeah. G League players on there, but as you know, like they're still they're in, they're they're it, it's not a one horse race. So it's a fun conference watch. I defend you, and uh, <laughs> I, I do think that I do think three or four of those teams should go dancing, like unless they some unless some fall off. This conference is going to get a chance to show out, and they had they had a decent performance last year in, in March Madness as well. So New Mexico Friday, and another thing in thing is I'm a night owl, so this I, I'm cool with nine and ten o'clock starts. That doesn't fade me at all. So that plays into it too, like ah late night. And I have noticed that they're getting more on FS1 now, and it's probably because of this podcast. Okay, no, I'm kidding. But New Mexico at San Diego State on Friday, FS1. Utah on Saturday, really the biggest game is Utah State at Colorado State. Um, okay. So that, that's a pretty good, match, pretty good matchup. And then on Tuesday, San Diego State at Utah State. So those teams, you know, starting to kind of line up like that. And then, and then on Wednesday, Colorado State at New Mexico. And it isn't a super – Super big um, conference, like you were talking about before. So we, you know, these teams do end up playing each other a fair amount. I mean, it's not a small conference by any stretch, but uh, every week, whether they got ranked teams or not, it's like, hey man, this is uh, this is starting to add up. And so 
But I do understand, like, the Atlantic 10, and I do understand what people are saying um, as far as, like, you know, well, if they get three or four and the Atlantic 10 only get one, that's messed up, you know, or something like that. I get that. Like, um, it is what it is. And actually, I have a tweet, John Rothstein, uh, um, there's a really good basketball going on in Atlantic 10. There's good coaches, good players. There's zero reason why the Atlantic 10 has only a ceiling, has a ceiling of two NCAA tournaments while the Mountain West could have six. Leagues need to change its, league needs to change its infrastructure. Kind of, yeah, kind of an interesting one. And when you look at the top 50 net rankings, right, uh, the AAC has more top 50 net teams than your 810, someone responded. Um, your Atlantic 10. But yeah, I mean, when you look at the top, you know, 50, the Atlantic 10 only has one in there, or the NET. Mountain West has five. So, you know, this is a, these are all good, you know, good topics, and that's why we bring them up. Yeah, and I would just say, I mean, I literally just looked at how the um, Atlantic 10 teams have done against ranked teams this year, and there's lots of zero win columns. And then you have the Mountain West, who just, for example, like has like positive win columns. So, I mean, you can compare and compare. If you want to compare numbers, there's some analytical numbers and strength of schedule. But if you're looking at a true number, how do you do against ranked teams? And you have a zero next to your name. Well, then that that is a fair that's just a fair argument to make. That tells you one conference stronger than another. I mean, that's not the only stat that indicates wins, but if you beat ranked teams and you're not even ranked, you're a good squad. If not, that's probably just room for improvement. So, oh, well. but yeah. Um, and just to talk about my adopted team, they have not lost since we talked to, since we did our show last week. That is the Grand Canyon Lopes. They're, uh, I believe they're now ranked actually. Or, oh no. Okay. They're getting close to being ranked, but they're 12 and one on the year. Uh, they're 22 and two overall. I know I'm not saying the Western Athletic Conference, the WAC, is strong, but this Grand Canyon team should be going. Here we freaking go. Now we're gonna get some more no. shit for this. We got the WAC involved. <laughs> I, I just think that this team, it, it, whoever they play in round one, is gonna be a, a, a fun game. Like this team is a good ass squad. Uh, they they have a, a really fun home court to watch. They always do whiteouts, and they're just it's really just a, a fun college basketball venue if you're a sports fan. So. Um, I do think they'll knock someone off and as long as they're not like a, a 15 or a 16 seed, which I don't think they should be. So the, my adopted squad, the Lopes are still winning. So I hope they keep winning and hope they knock someone off March Madness. But Chris, you know, my luck, they're going to play one of my final four teams. It's going to be like, so <laughs> Grand Canyon wins. Beautiful. Yeah, man. It's your squad, right? And, 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 and Houston, <laughs> Houston goes out. We're not, shit. Damn. What happened? <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to give them too much fuel, man, because no, fuel no, no. It adds to a fire, man. That, and the Grand Canyon is dry. Okay? Um, well, let's get to it because we are running super long. Okay. Okay. All right. So hey, let's get to it. Last week, great pick, brother, a great pick. All right. This week. But uh, the, you're, you're not going to mention the buzzer beater? Oh, was a oh, buzzer? Kyle hey. Owens. One on a buzzer beater at the horn, Riverside represent, dude. UC Riverside sounds like a good, like a good old Netflix, uh, Netflix <laughs> high school documentary thing. So, I still dance. I don't know, whatever. Damn, this game start. Oh, sh- well, hey, I don't. Who, who, ca- who cares? This game has started. It's a one point game right now. That's fine. Um, 
We're gonna we're gonna for the first time ever. We're gonna this game's going on right now. You're saying yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So okay, we're, we're gonna we're, jump we're, into what? it. It oh, is shit. it is uh, Northern Arizona Lumberjacks into Sa- Sacramento State Hornets. Right what now, the conference are we in? Dude? Uh, the conference we are in is the a uh, Big Sky. Big, Big Sky. Sky Conference right now on on uh, I believe it's on uh, nine minute ESPN Plus. That's all right. So the Northern Arizona Lumberjacks are eleven and fourteen on the year. They're four and seven overall, and right now they're playing in the Sacramento State Hornets gym. Sacramento State is six and nineteen. They're two and ten in the conference right now. This is a one point game. I see no issue why we cannot pick this. Oh, it is on ESPN Plus. So well, the only issue is there's no stats, dude. So, yeah, that is an issue. But anyway, go ahead. All right, well, I guess you could just do, like, the game preview like you normally would, just like like who they've been playing. I mean, they're both Sacramento State's at the bottom of the conference and Northern Arizona's two games above them. So, <laughs> it, I like it, the offense and defense and measuring it up. Um, um, that's okay, though. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just complaining. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to fall out or nothing like that. Um, so they did play UConn. Gave them a good test for a couple minutes. Then it was 95 to 52. But that was the opener, dude. You know what I mean? That Damn, was the it, opener. That coach was ready. He said, my boys are going to get some tests this year. The only thing is, <laughs> they turned right around uh, against not a good team and lost 89 to 55 right away. So that's they started with three road games. I mean, that's not easy to do. You know what I mean? Um yeah, this is tough, man. They they so they they did get a win over uh, Montana State, and we know Montana State's known for their basketball program. So, um, you know that that's something right there. Um, it's hard to, to do the live one here. Hold on, and then let's see, Sacramento State, Boston. Okay, hold on. Okay, hold on. They only lost by 13, 14 points. Sorry, common man had to take that. So they're both coming off of wins, okay, which is not a a common thing. No. In this stuff. But, you know, they they got their ass kicked by Tulane, but they played Nevada tough, decent against Stafford. They do have a game, though, that they got – Oh, this is okay. Forget. They won that game, 128 to 66. But I think it was a junior varsity team. It doesn't even. There's not even. There's nothing even there to know what the. It must have been like an exhibition or something like that. No, it it wouldn't be an exhibition. It wouldn't be an exhibition. I don't know because it wouldn't be on their schedule. But it doesn't have the name True. of who it was. So I'm thinking it's like a D3 or something like that. Anyway, they are down right now, 22 to 17. Eight minutes left. That's not going to freaking shy away. I'm not going to shy away from this because Sacramento State Hornets, there's a lot of Hornets in Sacramento. I didn't know. Um, Yeah, (laughs) Sacramento, they're playing. Well, Horace Shields is the ref. That's all I got for stats. So I do like Horace. He calls a fair game. Um, (laughs) They were the favorite. They're going to protect the house, dude. They're going to – who are they playing again? Northern, oh, Arizona, Northern Arizona Lumberjacks. Lumberjacks. Hey, so. Yeah, even though they're down five right now, ESPN still says, ESPN indicator, which you always love, that Sacramento State is still a 63% chance to win, even though they're down five at home. They they, they love that home court, sir. 
yeah, win probability 66. Hey, man, I understand because, you know, it, it's a it's – a, well, it's not that long of a travel, but they're used to being <laughs> like in Flagstaff type area. Sure. Kind of up in the mountains, and it's cold up snow. there right now. Yeah. They get to Sacktown, they're hot. So Or rainy. Maybe it's rainy. I don't know. This I can't really say anything about the team because I don't know their stats. I'm going home team, though. Sacramento State gets the job done. I'm not going to say it's a buzzer beater, but they just look so good uh, in that win over Weber State or Weber State, you know. All right, so the, that was the first time ever we've done that. Bit for first like and last, first and in. last, yeah, that, first that's and fair. last. I I had it picked out. I was like, all right, we'll do this. And I was like, oh, oh, that game is moving. All right, that will not happen again, sir. Um, for famous alumni from Northern Arizona. Uh, Derek Mason, who was the uh, Vanderbilt head coach for quite a while in SEC football, who's now he's got a DC job at a decent school. Um, after that, ooh, uh, now it gets interesting. There's a lot of people who I don't recognize at all. Uh, ooh, 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 yeah, yeah, man, it. There's I got one guy. Wow. Okay, so Northern Arizona, your alumni crew is struggling. Uh, let's go to Sacramento State. Uh, Lester Holt, okay, Tom Hanks, oh, sure, all right, uh, Buck Martinez, uh, Reese Hoskins, who's a, okay, you got four people who are good athletes and actors, and Sacramento, and Northern Arizona's got one, uh, SEC football coach, I think won five games, like, span three years, <laughs> so, the Sacramento State Hornets, not only does my co-host think they're going to come back and win, I'm also taking them in the famous alumni battle, so until, until next week, you will be able to enjoy more great Big 12 conference basketball because, hell, eight teams are eight, and they got to play each other at some point. Until then, we appreciate the love and support. Hope you all have a good Thursday night. Stay warm. Enjoy hoops. The boys are out tonight. Peace.